welcome to Heaping Spoonful, a twice-monthly conversation with restaurateurs, chefs, growers, and others who have helped generate the legends associated with eateries across the Mid-South. The team at Benny Keith is proud to sponsor this adventure with the goal of preserving the stories that have helped cultivate an amazing food scene across the Mid-South. So kick back and enjoy a heaping spoonful. everybody and welcome to another episode of Heaping Spoonful, a podcast where we visit with some of the Mid-South's top chefs and restaurateurs. I'm Kelly Bass and I'm proud to be your host. Like many of you, I'm sure, lots of my best memories involve fabulous food and the great places to eat it. I was lucky to cover the restaurant scene for a couple of Little Rock, Arkansas newspapers and magazines, more on than off for, for more than 30 years. And now, thanks to the kind folks at Benny Key Foods, I'm a podcaster. My guest today on Heaping Spoonful is Elihu Washington Jr., owner and operator of Lassus Inn, a truly legendary restaurant in Little Rock that specializes in some of the best fried fish anyone, anywhere could ever want to eat. So welcome, Elihu. Yes, hello. Good to be here. Good morning. How you doing? Doing great. That's good. So it's a little unfortunate that podcasts are audio only because it's hard for people to visualize the Lassus Inn just based on a description. So let me tell everybody listening, take a second. Google Lassis Inn, L-A-S-S-I-S-N, and Little Rock, and then hit images. You're going to get good looks at the outside and the inside of this unique business and this unique building, and you'll see the gentleman I'm sitting here with right now. Um, Elihu, I know the business was founded about 1905 by the Watson family, and that after selling sandwiches out of their home, they added fried catfish. And the way you understand it, that's really when their business took off, right? That's right. That's when it really started growing, Dan. After they started serving fish, uh, the business got so great until they had to move into a larger building. Right. So they moved into a larger building in 1930, and that's the same location as it in now. That's where I am. Right, and that's okay. that's the same building. I mean, that, that that's the building they built in 1930 is the building you're in now, right? That's the building I'm in now. Yeah, and if you, again, look at the images, but this got really... For a big guy like me, kind of small booths uh, that were always that obviously were constructed at that time. Um, but um, the name of the place, uh, Mrs. Watson's name was Molasses. Yes, that's what I understand. And then they they thought uh, I read that they were going to call it Watson Inn. They decided to call it Lasses Inn. So, yeah. and uh, I guess that building sat right there. Except in the '60s, when they when Interstate 30 came through, I guess they had to scoot it over a little bit to make way for the for the interstate? That is true. They had to move it over 15 feet. 15 feet, wow. From the interstate. Right. And um, so after Mr. Watson died, the restaurant was closed for a few months, and then you and your wife, Marita, uh, bought it in 1989. So you and I have discussed it, but tell our listeners what you were had been doing before you became a restaurant guy. Yes, before I started in the restaurant, I was working for Safeway, Safeway uh, Bakery. And I stayed there for 19 and a half years. Wow. And time started, you know, changing there on my jobs, you know, and I found out that Safeway was going to sell out. So they sold out to uh, Harvest Food, if you I, remember. I do. And Harvest Food stayed there for a while, but a short period of time. 
But I got out of there in time just before everything closed up and folded up. So you, you bought it from the Watsons, I guess, heirs. Or, or, the heirs, the heirs yeah. of the Watson. So did you change much, or did you just go in there and keep doing what they were doing as far as what you were serving? I changed a little. The only thing, I just added some. Some sides and some Some things. sides to my menu. Right. That's the only difference I made. Yeah. And I guess you, if you didn't already know how to cook fish, you learned pretty quickly because you were really good at it. Well, that's true. <laughs> I had one of the original guys that worked there before me. He trained me. Okay. He trained me for probably about six months. That's great. And he had a sick, oh, uh, you know, a health problem. Mm -hmm. And after six months, he had to stay at home. He was confined oh. to staying at home because he had cancer. Oh, but but you'd already learned how to run the show. So. I had learned how to run the show. Yeah. And the last thing he told me before he left, he said, I think you can handle it now. <laughs> That's well. He said, I'm going to leave you. I think you can handle it. Yeah, so. on-the-job training. Well, how what was business like in 1989? Was it as... Were you getting many people from the you know the main part of downtown, or was it more just neighborhood folks, or or what was what was the business? Was it as brisk as it has gotten to be, or was it slower back then? It was slower then. Yeah, I was only getting the neighborhood people mostly. Right back then, when I first opened, and matter of fact, I only was selling something like from forty fifty pounds of fish per week. Okay, when I first started there. Right. That's, now that was the whole week I was throwing all the forty fifty pounds of fish per week. Yeah. And uh, I surround myself with some some good help. Yeah, that makes a difference. Some I would I surrounded myself with a lady that grew up in Little Rock. She attended Little Rock Public School, and she knew a lot of people. So she started working for me, and she started making phone calls, telling people, telling people. And yeah. my my business started to jump in then. That's good. Well, you know, I I, rem I can't remember who told me about it, but once you find it, and of course it's real easy to find. And I, I'm telling anybody listening, wherever you are, if you're coming through Little Rock and we're at the corner of I-30 and I-40, hop off at the Roosevelt exit and go eat fish at the last ascent. I mean, the experience is outstanding and the fish is even better than the experience. So, you know, there's a several things beyond your food, which obviously we're going to talk about in just a few minutes that the last ascent is famous for. Um, so let's go through those one by one. And let's start with what I really consider the most important and significant. And again, folks who are not familiar with Little Rock, probably do know us for something we're not proud of, which was the the desegregation problems in 1957 when when Governor Faubus tried to keep the African-American students from attending Central High School and President Eisenhower had to send to the National Guard. And there's a famed and beloved woman named Daisy Bates and her husband, L.C. Bates, that were very um, strong civil rights activists. And they had meetings at Last Ascent in those years. And that, that's, again, you weren't there, but you know that. I wasn't true. there, but I understand that's... After I done some research, mm -hmm. I found out they they met there for quite a few times. Yeah, I mean, you know, that just ought to make you feel good that it, people felt comfortable that it was a a safe place for them to gather and talk about really important issues at a at a really turbulent time. Yes, that's true. Yeah, and then there's the famous, and again, everybody talks about it, and uh, there's the famous no dancing signs, um, and and you've got some good stories of why you ended up putting those up. Tell us tell us about that. Well. It's, I had real good business when they was, I would let them dance in there. My business was great. It was so much, I had got so much business until I couldn't hardly handle it. And I had to do a lot of repairing they were in a short period of time. Some enthusiastic dancers, huh? Yes. 
So that's when I discontinued it. What were they and, what were they tearing up? Well, you know, sometime I the face bowl might be hanging off the wall, you know. Yeah. In the laboratory. And uh sometime the floors had, you know, start to giving away spots, you know, start to wearing sure. holes in the floors. So I had to repair my floors two or three times yeah. when they were dancing. <laughs> yeah, because it's an older building for yes. sure, you know, and, and not big. And I would imagine that, uh, and I, I will admit, um, I've enjoyed my fish uh, accompanied by a 40-ounce uh, Budweiser beer while I've been there with a friend. And uh, I imagine those dancers had might were pretty good beer customers as well as fish <laughs> they customers. They were good customers. It was very good customers. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the jukebox, which, again, you know, it, it just – it's had so many great R&B and soul songs and soul artists that I love and a lot of people love. And so I'm all the time, when I'm coming to Las Ascent, I'm coming up and getting some quarters from you, about $5 worth and pumping in there so I can listen to good tunes. But that jukebox has been a big deal for you too, right? It has. It has. It's make the business better, you know, because it was a box there when I first started there. Mm -hmm. It was a juice box there then. And my understanding, it had been one there ever since they started yeah boxes you know well, that's cool that's really cool well look we're going to take a short break here on heaping spoonful and we're going to be back uh, in just a bit with ella hugh washington jr of lass i hope you're enjoying this episode of heaping spoonful we at benny keith foods enjoy talking about the food scene almost as much as we enjoy providing the top quality ingredients that help restaurateurs and chefs across the mid-south create their magic. Now let's dive even deeper into the culinary world with your host, Kelly Bass. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Heaping Spoonful. Our guest today is Ella Hugh Washington, Jr., owner with his wife, Marita, and he is a fabulous fish fryer at Lassasin, one of the Little Rock, Arkansas's oldest and most acclaimed restaurants, and he tells me that his wife, Marita, is his very best worker, so obviously they've got a good team there. Um <laughs> So now let's talk about the amazing food you serve, you know, starting with the catfish. Um, unlike most catfish-focused restaurants, you serve fillets and catfish steaks. Uh, I personally get the steaks because they seem even moister and more succulent than the fillets, but I'm sure you sell more fillets than you do because they're just easier to eat. But, I mean, you're committed to, to both products, right? That's true. That's true. And I sell more fillet than I do steaks. Right. But uh, as I would have guessed, the preparation on them is pretty similar. It's same same batter, but the same batter. I put the same batter on all of my fish, my fish fried yeah. food. And then there's the buffalo ribs, which again, when I, when we say buffalo, we're not talking about bison. We're talking about a a, a kind of a looks like a carp. It's a, a sucker fish, I guess, a bit a bit of a bottom feeder. Um, tell us, I guess, were they serving buffalo when you bought Lassus in? They were selling buffalo. Yeah, and. Uh, where do you get that? Because I, mean, I know you can, you know, we're sitting here at Benny Keith Foods, and I know you get your catfish from Benny Keith um, and maybe some other things, but where do you get the buffalo? Most of my buffalo come from White River mm -hmm. and Arkansas River. They're just some commercial fishermen? That, commercial fishermen. They produce my my buffalo. Right, so you've just had the same relationship with some of those guys for a long time. I have time. the same relationship, and they've been very good uh, yeah. keeping me supplied. Well, I, I've enjoyed it. I, I don't like it quite as much as catfish, but it's not a it's not a super fishy fish, or it's you know I think people are scared of it, but it's really got a it's a firm flesh and it's uh, pretty juicy. And do you again is that just something that you sell 
not nearly as much as catfish, or is it kind of are they close close together in, in how sales volume? Well, well, the buffalo is close to my fillet. Right. It's I sell a lot of buffalo. Yeah, good. I bet you got your regulars. Yeah, yes, I have my regular come there. That's the only reason some of them come there because of the buffalo. Matter of fact, when I run out of buffalo and they come in, I'm out. They turn around, and walk out the door. Oh, they don't want the catfish. They don't want anything with like cat. Yeah, well, I'm sure you don't ever want to have to run out, but I guess supply and demand is just the thing it is. And I saw um, a video that was produced by, by the James Beard folks. We're going to talk about that award in a little bit. And I saw my friend Rex Nelson on there talking about that buffalo is what he gets. And then I saw another guy said he drives from pretty far away to come because I mean, you can't just walk in a restaurant in any town in Arkansas and get buffalo. So. Yes. Yeah. I, I, again, it's it's something everybody fish lover should try for sure. Um, so, any discussion? Well, let me back up a little bit. So, fried fish and, and it's a lot like to me like fried potatoes that it's so much better just seconds after it comes out of the grease than it is fifteen or twenty minutes later. So, my experience, and I'm, I think you've told me I'm correct, is that when I order catfish at that time when the someone who took my order comes up and puts it up on the window, that's when you batter and fry the catfish. And so it, it's not fried in advance. No, it's not. I only fry orders as I get them. When I, when I get them, that's when I deep fry them. Yeah. And then, the, and then 15, 30 seconds later, they're sitting in front of you at one of those cool little booths. That is true. Yeah, that's good. You know, and again, any discussion of the best catfish in Arkansas obviously has to include Lassacin and you know, I've, I've really prided myself because I think it's a cool place and the fish is great and the whole experience is great that I've I've taken people there for their very first time and then they've taken people for their first time. And so it's really kind of become a, I mean, not a cult classic because it's pretty well known, but, you know, it's experience beyond the food. Um, again, we, we've already confirmed those small, those booths um, date back to 1930 when, when the Watson family had that building built. Um, you hadn't really made any interior changes other than putting some cool stuff on the wall, have you? Yes, that's the only thing, putting yeah. painting on the walls. And uh, I have painted the interior twice since I've been there. Yeah, well, I figure that's going to just have to happen. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll say that, and, you know, when I opened the show talking about the fact that I used to get to write restaurant reviews for newspapers, I mean, I and a guy, I was at the Arkansas Gazette, and there was an Arkansas Democrat, and there was two of us were really the only ones who got to do that. Well, now with the Internet... I mean, you know, there's Yelp and there's TripAdvisor, but you've got a lot of Rock City Eats and the Mighty Rib and a lot of those food bloggers have really, um, you know, love turning on their readers to, or listeners to, you know, what we might call hidden gems. And you've also been the subject of lots of coverage in newspapers and magazines. Um, and so when you, you know, when I'm waiting for the fish to come out, sometimes I'm up reading articles on the wall and different cool stuff like that. But then two huge things happened two and four Lassacin, and for you and your wife, which is in 2017, your restaurant was one of the very first three inductees into what was then the brand new Arkansas Food Hall of Fame, along with Jones Barbecue Diner in Mariana and Rhoda's famous hot tamales in Lake Village. Beyond the the joy of and the honor of, of receiving that award, did, did I'm guessing that would have probably sent a lot of new people to, your way when you got in a Food Hall of Fame. It did. Sent a lot of people. My yeah. place started packing, you know, packing up, you know. Really, only standing room was in there after I received that award, yeah. which I was very, very honored to get that award. I was surprised to be the first one. 
Well, you know, that's in, in the course I've, I've been to Rhoda's and, uh, I've met Rhoda and she got mad at me because all I wanted to buy was some tamales and she was mad. I wasn't going to buy something else, but I, she got over it because her tamales are pretty special. But what is the capacity? I mean, generally speaking, how many folks, if seated, can be at your, because it's not a big, big place. No, 55. 55 I can see 55 people's in there at a time. Yeah, that's time. Not, not a ton. Well, then that was a huge honor. But, you know, every year they're adding, you know, since 17, they add a, a few to that. But an even much more exclusive and important honor came your way um, earlier this year uh, when the James Beard Foundation pre presented Lassus in its American Classics Award. Um, that is, I mean, that's huge. So True. you got that, you got notice of that in, in February of 2020. Um, and again, did that same way? I'm sure you just saw new people and come rolling into your restaurant. That's true. Yeah, so it was new people that started coming in behind the Jane Beard Award. And uh, I have also received some more recognition, the Southern Living Magazine. Oh, wow. You know, I, they, they entered me into the Southern Living Magazine. And uh, my business started jumping then. Yes. You know, the Southern Living Magazine all over the Oh, sure. Old world, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's based in Birmingham, but it goes all over, and it's... All over the United States. And yeah. obviously, it's very... I mean, if they say something's good, then you know something's good. Well, that is really cool. And again, for our listeners, you know, the James Beard Award, this is American Classics Award, they also have where they honor chefs and things, but in all the categories James Beard does, the only two Arkansas restaurants that have won anything, they've had some finalists, but the only winners have been for this... Um, American Classic Award, and that was Jones Barbecue Diner in Mariana, and now the Last Ascend. So, you know, I, I I hate it for you. I hate for a lot of people that you know you got at this award or you learned about the award in February, and then in March, you know, things started spiking in the first round of our COVID nineteen pandemic, and and you had to shut your doors, um, like like all the restaurants here. And I just wish you'd gotten more time before that. And then you were supposed to go to Trout, go to Chicago, and get that award in early May, but you ended up getting it virtually. Yes. So, um, and you say they, they, I mean, again, we're recording this in, uh, in late November of 2020, and uh, you still hadn't seen the actual award yet, right? I haven't. I haven't received it. That'll be a big, that'll be a big thing. Well, you know, I'm hoping, um, I was hoping for months that I wasn't going to have to continue to talk about this subject because um, it's, it's painful for everybody, but you know, I've, I, I'm working with all the restaurateurs and chefs on this uh, Heaping Spoonful podcast, you know, we talked to talk about the pandemic and clearly you were close, but then when, when you were allowed to reopen, did, did you, did you just do takeout for a while or have you been dining in for a good while or how's it, what, what's that been like? Well, I started, uh, when I opened after that, I put a, you know, put a sign up saying only 10 can dine in. Right. And all the other order was to go. So I can accept 10 customers in there at one time. Right. And dine it in. You can keep them spread out. Can spread out that many. That's, all, that's the only thing I could do to try to keep their safety, you know? Sure. Have you had a pretty brisk takeout business? Because I know that uh, Rusty Mathis and I were there getting takeout just a few days ago. It's better. It's better than the dine in. Yeah. Well, I think people are just, again, comfortable, you know, with, with that for a while. Well, listen, I, I appreciate your time. I, I, I highly recommend um, anybody listening to us who has a chance to, to go to Lassa Sin to, to, to do it. You will absolutely, absolutely not be disappointed. 
And so thanks to Ella Hugh Washington for uh, being my guest today on Hooping Spoonful. Uh, we appreciate all of you all listening. Remember, we post new episodes the first and third Tuesday of each month. So go wherever you like to find your podcast, wherever you found this one, enjoy more episodes. We've done uh, more than 25 of them now, so you catch up on the old ones when you get a shot. Thanks, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Heaping Spoonful. On behalf of all of us at Benny Keith Foods, Mid-South Division, please know how much we love connecting you with the legends of the culinary scene and their unique stories. I look forward to the next time we can offer you another Heaping Spoonful.